Merry Christmas, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Good, it's good to see you. You know, Julianne and Calvin are like a comedy team. Now, it almost seems like they're flirting on stage, but they're not. Just letting you know. They like each other, they just don't like like each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, we are celebrating generosity all December here at the City Church and just our team, shout out again to our team who does such a great job just with their, with their time. And, their, and I love all of the women in the room who are like, didn't know they were gonna be on the stage this morning. They're like, no, no, I'm not coming to the stage right now. But just thank you all for serving on our city team. And once again, this is not a closed team. You can jump on the city team anytime and serve in any one of our areas, one of the kids and students and with adults. And we just love being generous with our time. And so we've been just talking about that all December and we've been talking about our generosity locally, uh, our generosity with other churches and then our generosity globally with uh, ministries that we support um, that do things around the world. But then also uh, I always like to make mention of Samaritan's Purse that we support uh, as a church financially every month. And they are an organization that shows up in Jesus name and they are always helping any natural disaster that you see around the world. Um, most recent one that we can remember at home, the BC flooding, um, Samaritan's Purse was right there, uh, some of the first responders. And so when they are responding, you are responding. So that's always a great thing uh, to remember that we can't necessarily be there in the flesh, but we can be there with our resources. And that's why we support Samaritan's Purse, just um, just a, a ministry that does so many different things around the world. And then also one of the things I just want to let you know about, and we don't necessarily bring attention to this or bring attention to individuals that we help in this area, but a lot of times during the year, you know, we hear about families in need um, with resources and different things like that. And we'd like to bless families with grocery gift cards throughout the year. And I just wanted to let you know that that's happening uh, with your generosity. That's so that's something that we do as a church family. And the reason that we are generous is because God is a generous God. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas sometimes. Sometimes we forget this idea of gift giving and why we give gifts because God gave the greatest gift to us. And he shows us his love in Jesus. So we're celebrating God's generosity to us. And what we do at Christmas time, sometimes we forget the why of Christmas. And what we want to do is remember or discover or rediscover the why of the familiar at Christmas time. Again, there's so many familiar things that happen to us. We change all of our clothes and our eating habits and our playlists and all the different things that we do and the music and the mall changes. And these are all familiar things to us, but sometimes we forget the why and what we wanna talk about and what we have been talking about all December is God's generosity to us to send Jesus to the earth. Now, we... Again, Jesus wasn't actually born in December, but what we are celebrating as the global church is the Advent. And Advent just means the arrival of a notable person that Jesus actually came to the earth. And we celebrate that as a church. And so we wanna be grateful to God for all that he has done for us. So 
The first week we talked about God's favor, and then last Sunday we talked about joy and peace. And uh, oh, I just want to make mention to speaking of generosity. Thank you for your generosity last week on my birthday, and uh, for all of the gifts that you have given to my family. We uh, appreciate it greatly. My daughters are home for Christmas. They're they're sleeping in because they're on Arizona time, so they'll be at second service. Um, but if they asked if I've talked about them when they're gone, you can just say no. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now, Nicole and I, we obviously, you know, they're away at school, and so we're spending a lot of our resources on them being at school, but, and so we said, this is going to be a smaller Christmas. We told them this, and then somehow, I don't think Nicole got her own memo. I think she still spent as much as she usually does with them, but when we think about the gifts that we give, you know, it's such a special thing that we get to do at Christmas time, and, you know, the, the gifts aren't necessarily the most important thing. Now, it's fun uh, to get gifts. When you're a kid, you, you think, you know, getting gifts at Christmas time is so special, and we have such great memories. I have such a specific memory. Um, I think I was about seven years old getting this gift. I, I, the, the, the name of the toy is emblazoned on my memory, and it was Tycho Night Glow. And what this was, it was one of those little car racing kits that would come and you would set up the tracks and the cars would go on the track and you would get like a little trigger thing and you would race each other around the track. And what was special about the Tyco Night Glow is it had two loops, but also it glowed in the dark. And the car headlights actually worked. This is 1977, friends. This was like top-of-the-line technology. And I remember that Christmas morning when I came down and I opened this gift, you know, the Tyco Night Glow was so amazing. And, you know, the gift, the thing, it's fun to get the gift. But then what's special about the gift is that afterwards your dad helps you set it up and then your dad spends time playing with you. And then the thing that you realize about Christmas as you get a little bit older, that the, the, get, the receiving, the getting of the gifts is not the most special thing, and it is about the giving of the gifts. You're like, oh, I can give, and I can, and I can not only give a gift, but what I'm doing is I'm sharing a part of myself. I don't know how to tell you how much I love you, so I just want to give you something. And maybe this will express to you, maybe this will tell you the story about how much I feel in my heart for you, and I'm just going to give you something to show you something about my love for you. And this is what Christmas is all about that God gave us his love and he sent us his love in Jesus. It's like, this is God's affection toward us. I, I just, God doesn't know, he's not just sending us ideas and thoughts, that he's sending us his best. He's sending us his son so that we can actually be in a relationship with him. So what we have, um, the thing again that we celebrate so much at Christmas times is just family, just being with each other. And that's the thing that, that we get to do. It's not the thing that we have to do. It's like, oh man, I'm gonna get together with my loved one and we're gonna share things and we're gonna laugh and we're gonna play games together and we're gonna do all of these things. And all of that is sourced from God. God is a relational God. And, and the whole idea of Christmas, the whole idea of what we're celebrating is that God actually wants to be in a relationship with you and I. And the advent, the coming of a notable person is to express to us this character and nature of God. So let's just read about it here. Some of the story of Jesus coming to the earth here is found in Matthew chapter one, verse 18. 
And it says this, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her public, to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after this, he considered this. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded and took Mary home to be his wife and not consummated their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. Now, the precursor to this story in the book of Matthew is the lineage of Jesus. And what the writer Matthew is doing with Jesus' lineage is he's showing us all of these people who are in Mary's family from from her past. Now, when we think about this list that is given by the writer Matthew, he actually starts in Abraham. Luke has a different lineage, and he starts right to, um, to Adam. But Matthew starts here in Abraham, and he, the scripture tells us that he gives us three uh, groups of 14 generations. And so Jesus, the fulfillment, the Messiah, the seventh seven, that he shows up and he's fulfilling his place as the Messiah. And what we look at in this lineage, all of these people there that are in the family of God, so to speak, that they all weren't great people. Rahab is in there, you know, the the King James says Rahab the harlot, Rahab the prostitute. David is in there, a murderer, an adulterer. And all of the people that we see in this lineage, they weren't perfect people. So in other words, the invitation to the family of God goes out to all of the imperfect people. But the fulfillment of that is what? This idea that God is with us. Now, uh, there's a notion, a deistic notion, and what this means is that God created the world and then left. That we have creation, but that God has abandoned his creation. But the story of Christmas gives us a whole other idea. Again, Emmanuel, the the definition of his name, it just means God with us. Not a distant God, not God somewhere else, but God close like family. And this is how we can understand the character and nature of God. And this was one of the things that the Pharisees always had trouble with Jesus about, that he would call God Father. And for them, this was an affront to their theological thoughts. They were just thinking, you know, we're just trying to please God. We're just trying to fulfill all of these laws. And then maybe God will be happy with us. He's just some sort of lawgiver. He's just some sort of judge. But Jesus would come and say, God, my Father. And so Jesus was expressing to us this notion, God with us. And it is the thing that we remember at Christmas time when we take time and we're like, what are we gonna do? We're gonna get together with the ones we love, the be with nature of God, that God himself, the creator, the savior, 
actually wants to be with you regardless of your past. He actually wants to have a relationship with you regardless of what you've done, regardless of where you have come from. This is God's desire for all of us. And this, again, is what we're supposed to remind, be reminded of at the, at the Christmas story. The Gospel of John takes a little bit of a different approach than just giving us the details in Bethlehem and the shepherds and the angels and all of this. But John takes the approach of what does it mean at the advent? What does it mean when Jesus comes? John chapter one, verse nine says that this, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, he did not reckon, the world did not recognize him. He came to tell that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children born not of natural descent or human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. The invitation into the family of God. And this is what the advent is all about. This is what Jesus coming to the earth God showing us his love, not just telling us words. What does it mean that there's an invitation to the family of God? Gave us the right to be children. Now, when you think about children having access to their parents, children having access to the father, and this is what it means to have a relationship with God that we have access to being able to talk to our Father. Now, I know that a lot of uh, people don't necessarily have a good relationship with our Father, but the reason maybe we know that there's not a good relationship because there is an ideal out there. There is a really good way to have a relationship with your Father. And I have a tremendous Father. I have so blessed with the Father that I have. But every a natural father, every human father, as good as they may be, they always fall short in some way just in their humanity. But when we think about the good expressions of who a father was, you know, one of the things that I always think about is faithful, that my dad is a very faithful man, faithful to my mother, faithful to me and my sister. And he's just there. He's just, he was just there all of the time. And sometimes it was great. Sometimes it wasn't. When he was there to take me to hockey, I loved it. It was amazing, 5 a.m. practice. On a Saturday morning, my dad was there taking me to practice. He barely missed any of my hockey games ever. I played for about seven or eight years. He was always there. He would take me to practice. And I'm always amazed at this now that I know how busy it is to pastor a church, that he never made excuses, that he was always there faithful. The times that I didn't want him to be there is when he was giving me instructions. And my dad gave a lot of instructions. Now, when I say the two words a lot, I'm not sure that that actually describes how many instructions that I got as a son of my father. It was many, it was numerous. I would say it was almost infinite. He was always there. (laughs) talking to me, giving me, telling me anecdotes and lessons, driving places, certain areas, just always giving me instructions. Have I described this enough yet? He was always there. (laughs) This is what God is like. God is faithful. He's there with us every moment. 
cheering us on. It's one of the things that I always remember about my dad when he would come to my hockey games. He would always yell, anticipate. In other words, go where the puck is going, not where the puck was. Anticipate. He was there supporting me, there faithful. And this is what God is like. The best things that we see in our Father, those are a reflection of the Father God. And God gives us the right to be his children, that we can be familiar with him, that we can be in a relationship with him. And then he can be in a relationship with us. Because how many of you know that the giver of life knows how to live life, right? And this is the instructions that are coming our way through the scripture. Here's how to be a faithful man. Here's how to be a faithful husband. Here's how to be a good parent. Here's how to be an, a good employee or a good employer. This is what good fathers do. This is what being in the relation, a relationship with the father God is like. And God invites us all in. God invites us all in regardless of our past. Psalm 103 verse 13 says this, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. As we said a couple weeks ago, anytime we see fear the Lord in the scripture, it doesn't mean to cower and be afraid. It means to reverence him. Reverence what they say. Reverence who they are. And see, God gives us his compassion. God gives us what we don't deserve. God gives us the help we need, not necessarily the help we want. Why? Because he is always there. God with us. Not distant, not gone far away. And here's the other part about God. The scripture calls him the hound of heaven. See, God is chasing you down. Now he's not chasing you down with a hammer. He's not chasing you down with a bat to strike you. He's actually chasing you with his goodness. The scripture says, Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I've seen this so much growing up in church. You know, kids grow up in church and then they, they get tired of church and they get tired of listening to their parents and then so they just, you know, backslide, do, go do crazy stuff. Some of you are sitting here like that too, so don't look at me with righteous eyes. But God chased you down. And one of the reasons is because your parents were praying for you. God chases us with his compassion and his love If you're a fugitive in the room this morning, if you're a fugitive from the presence of God or so you thought, you know, God is chasing you down with his goodness and his mercy. And like any good relationship, he is wooing you back to his presence. The scripture says, if I make my bed in hell, you are there. There's nowhere to go from the presence of God. And God is drawing all people to himself. He has made a way for everyone to call him father. And this is what John, the gospel of John is telling us the meaning of the coming of Jesus is that we could actually be in the family of God. Ephesians chapter two, verse 19 says this. So you are no longer strangers and aliens. 
but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members. I love all of these illustrations that helps us to understand what it is like to be close to God. It's like, we're not strangers, aliens. That alien doesn't mean from outer space. It means that you're not from this nation. That's what the being described here. So we're outside, we're not citizens. We're saints and members of the household of God. So all of these descriptions tell us, oh, household of God. God wants me in his family. God has made a way for me to be his child. And for those of us that maybe exist in this space and we're, you know, we're not fugitives, so to speak, this is also a reminder to be grateful. To remember the big why of Christmas. That we're faithful to give and serve and attend and, and be available and all of those things. And thank God for all of those things. But all of those are a reflection of who God is to us. We didn't arrive there of our own goodness. Then God invited us close. And the character and nature of God is showing up in us because we decided to be close to him. Why? Because he's always close to us. He is always there. He's always faithful. And he's invited us to be his children. There's two metaphors in the New Testament that help us to understand this invitation into the family of God. And the first one is adoption. And I've heard some great stories, um, some families who have adopted children and when their children are old enough uh, to be explained that, you know, mom and dad you didn't give birth to you biologically, but you were adopted. But what happened? They got chosen. And that's such a special feeling for that child. Oh man, they chose me. They chose me out of all of the other kids. They chose me to be their child. And this is one of the descriptions that we see in the New Testament that God has chosen you. And he didn't choose you because you were awesome and perfect. He chose you because of what Jesus has done. He's chosen you because of the advent, a notable person, God came himself born in a manger, died on a cross. And because of all of that, he has made adoption available to us. He has chosen you. And he is with us. John 14, verse 18 says this, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but will see, uh, but you will see me because I live, you, you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is like one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be of my father and to love them, I will show myself to them. He's not gonna leave us as orphans in our own poor choices. That Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in Jesus. And he doesn't leave us alone. He shows himself to us. The word adoption is a term involving the dignity of the relationship of believers as sons. And putting you in the position as a son, making a choice. 
God has made a choice to adopt you into his family. The second one, the second illustration, maybe the more famous one is the new birth. And, and Nicodemus, who was, who was a Pharisee, that he came to Jesus late at night one time and he was a little bit confused because a bunch of the Pharisees didn't like Jesus because of all of the things he said and did. But Nicodemus was like, yeah, but he's working miracles. And so Nicodemus came late at night to Jesus so he wouldn't get found out and hear other people would see him going to talk to Jesus. And he asked some of these questions like, well, nobody could do miracles unless God was with them. And that's what Jesus responds in verse five. Jesus answered, verily, I truly, I, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the spirit, adopted and born. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Born is knowing that believing is the nature of the disposition of a child. That a child believes what his father says. And because of this belief, spiritual birth is given to us. And what do we know about a child that's born into your family? They didn't do anything to deserve it. And in fact, moms, it was a painful process, wasn't it? For us to be born into the family of God, Jesus went to the cross and that was a painful process for us to know the love of God, for it to be on full display for us. That spiritual birth is given to us as a gift, just like human birth, just by being born and we didn't do anything to deserve it and all of the things that our parents did to keep us alive, we didn't contribute anything to the family for a really long time. And when you weren't contributing, your parents were giving. And this is the way God is with us. He adopts us and we can be born into his family. He has made these choices for us. He says, I am with you. The question for us today and to be thankful for or maybe to choose is will I choose to walk with him because he's chosen to walk with us. Galatians chapter four, verse four says this. But when the time, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. That we can receive what God has provided for us in Jesus. What has God provided for us ultimately? And it really is the purpose of all creation is that God wanted a family. And that he wanted that family to choose to be with him. 
He's not forcing us. He's not into coercion. I set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing, choose life. God wants us to choose life with him. To receive this adoption that's available to us, to receive and to be grateful for the new birth that's available to us. But you see that word in there? We just read redemption. Sometimes we don't need, we don't understand what this word means in the uh, theological sense. And really there's an exchange. It really means to, to buy back something. There's a story, I, I told the story a little while ago and it's such a great story that illustrates to us redemption and what it means. I'm just gonna read it to you this morning. Tom, a little boy, built the most beautiful sailboat. And he had it all fixed up, tarred and painted. Every detail was created with loving care. He took the boat to the lake and he pushed it, hoping it would sail. Sure enough, a wisp of breeze filled the little sail and it billowed and went rippling along the waves. Suddenly, before the little boy knew it, The boat was out of his reach. He waded into the water quickly and tried to grab it, but his efforts proved fruitless. As he watched it float away, he hoped maybe the breeze would shift and it would come sailing back to him. Instead, he watched it go farther and farther, farther until it was gone out of sight. When he went home crying, his mother asked him, what's wrong? Didn't the boat work? He said it worked all too well. Sometime later, the little boy was downtown and walked past a secondhand store. To his amazement, there in the window, he saw the boat, his boat. It was unmistakable, the boat that he had created. So he went and and said to the proprietor, that's my boat. He walked to the window and picked it up and started to leave with it. The owner of the shop said, The shop said, wait a minute, wait a minute, young man. That's my boat. I bought it from someone. The boy said, no, no, that's my boat. I made it. See, and he showed the little scratches and the marks where he had hammered and filed. And he showed the owner where he had chiseled his initials in the rudder. The man said, I'm sorry. Sorry, son, but someone else brought it in this morning. And if you want it, you'll have to buy it for $10. The little boy ran home and counted all his money. What he had was exactly $10. When he reached the store, he rushed to the counter. Here's all my money for the boat. He left the store. Tom hugged his boat and said, now you're twice mine. First, I made you and now I bought you back. And this is the story of redemption. See, for all of us, for those of us that are continuing in a relationship with God, aren't you thankful that we are in a relationship with God who is with us? But maybe you're here this morning and you kind of feel like you aren't in a relationship with God and there's kind of an ache inside of you. 
And the reason there's an ache inside of us is that God has actually made you. His initials are on your creation. You did not create yourself. And he has paid all to buy you back. Offers us adoption, offers us sonship, offers us to be his children. And all we have to do, because Jesus came, the advent of a notable person, God in the flesh, all we have to do is say yes. Let's just pray this morning. God, we thank you for your goodness today. God, we thank you that you have redeemed us because you sent Jesus. We are just so grateful for that redemption today, Lord. That you gave your all for us, that you sent your best in your son, Jesus. We're so thankful, Lord, that you called us to be in your family, to be your sons and daughters. We thank you, Lord, that you are close, that you are not distant. And that you are always close with your goodness and your mercy and your love and your forgiveness, your grace. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you are in the room today and you are that boat, you know that God is calling you to himself. He's not mad at you today. He doesn't hate you. He actually wants to have a relationship with you. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas time, God with us. And God is close. And he's, he's inviting you into a relationship and all you have to do is say yes. You and I were like all of those other broken, imperfect people in the lineage there in the first part of Matthew. We don't deserve to be in the family of God. We can't qualify for it. But God has chosen us and we can be born into his family. So I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. If you're in the room or you're watching online, I invite you to pray along with me. This prayer is just a starting point in your relationship with God. Our life of faith is a, a lifetime journey of discipleship, moving closer to Jesus every day. But everybody needs to start somewhere and this prayer is just a starting place. So if you've never said yes to Jesus today, I invite you to pray along with me. So we're gonna pray this out loud and we're gonna pray it out loud together just to help you. So church, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes and let's pray this out loud together. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on a cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. God, I thank you that you are close today. So today, God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. Thank you that I am born into your family. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, let's congratulate those that did that today for the first time. Hey, if that is you this morning, we would love to know about that decision that you made today. And we actually have some materials that we'd love to put into your hand.
So if you just go to the info booth there in the lobby, one of our team members would love to greet you just to find out your name and then give you those materials that I mentioned. If you are watching online today and you made that choice for the very first time, if you would email us at info at thecitychurch.ca, we will get those same materials into your hand. Well, thank you all for coming to church today. Are you excited about Christmas? Have a few days off and all the fun things you're gonna do with your family. Um, as, they, um, as our duo mentioned earlier, that all of the in-person uh, registrations have been taken up already for Christmas Eve. But if you're in the room and you haven't been registered yet or you're online and you haven't registered, we are gonna be online. Uh, on Friday, both at 3 p.m. It is Friday, right? Christmas Eve is on Friday. Christmas Eve uh, at 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. that you'll be able to celebrate with us carols and candles. Have an amazing Christmas if I don't see you. Um, and we will see you online next Sunday. Merry Christmas all. You're dismissed. <laughs>